0: Praise God, it's good to see you all here today. You know, I know, I know that I know that I know that the Spirit just wants to break out in your life, amen? Not just in this house, but in your life. God wants to do something supernatural. The Lord gave me a word in the middle of my message last week and I told you that some of you have felt like you've missed what God had planned for you and, I, and the Lord told me to tell you, you've not missed it, it's never too late. So, you know, if God has spoke to you about certain things you're to be doing in your life and you haven't done them yet, get stirred up to do it. Amen? Amen. Oh, my gosh. Is it going to be that kind of day? You guys awake yet? <laughs> Come on. Oh, hallelujah. The, the, the more you participate, the faster I go. I can... I can go real slow. I'm not gonna, I can't go slow. I gotta talk fast. I I move, (laughs) I can't help it. I even eat fast. Don like, slow down. I wanna enjoy this time with you. I'm like, I'm already done. Praise God. Well, the title of today's message as we continue through the book of James is saying no to prejudice. How many of you are prejudiced? I got one honest person. Maybe two, three. (laughs) So, you know, we, um, I've put two bulbs in that projector this week. Yeah, it's not up there, I took it down. I smashed it on the ground, no I didn't. It gets frustrating when you're up there and you're trying to, you know, you replace the bulb and it doesn't work and then you buy another one and it doesn't work. You know, the second one I bought, I, I shook it and it rattled before I ever put it in, so. I have a third one coming Tuesday, so we'll see what happens this week. But you guys should know these songs, right? We're singing songs you know, Spirit break out, you know, come on now. Amen, amen. Monica knows it, hallelujah. Well, Monica's actually got the words up there, so do I. So if you got to see it, it's behind you. <laughs> so say no to prejudice, amen? So we're going to read out of James 2, and it's 13 verses, and uh, it's titled in the Bible, Beware of Personal Favoritism. So beginning at verse one, we're gonna read one through 13. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings in fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place. And you say to the poor man, You stand there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and became judges with evil thoughts? With evil thoughts? With evil thoughts? I'm stuck. With evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brother, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? but you have dishonored the poor man. Do not the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. Verse nine, but if you show partiality, you commit sin, and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. For he said, do not commit adultery. Also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. Verse 12, so speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Dear Heavenly Father, as we go through this passage today, I pray that you just speak to our hearts and our minds, God, that we would truly search our hearts, Father, if this is us. And Lord, that we'd be found out by the Holy Spirit today, and we confess, we'd repent, and Father God, that we walk out of here free from that today in Jesus' name, that your spirit would minister to each one of us that the holy spirit would break out in us so that we have a greater understanding of what you're looking for in each one of us we thank you and we praise you in jesus name and everybody said amen and amen all right this passage here is still dealing with our christian character how many of you are characters yeah i know (laughs) Uh, uh, james is calling us to step up our Christian walk. He wants us to do better, amen? He's calling us out. He's saying, hey, come on, you gotta do better than this. You know, he wants us to get to the point that our lives reveal Jesus. That that's what people see. When they see us, they see Jesus. That's what he's looking for. So now he's coming into, he's talking about being prejudiced, about discriminating between the rich and the poor. You know, being prejudiced refers to a preconceived idea about a particular group. Mara. I'm a ringy-dingy. All right. Preconceived idea about a particular group. So, in this case today, he's talking, referring to poor versus rich as it concerns our faith. So, in James, he goes after it pretty hard. You know, and these are tough statements he makes about, about it. I mean, he calls it, flat out calls it, if you're doing this, you're committing sin. He, he goes after us. Now, last week, Chapter one, you know, we talked about bridling our tongue, that we would not speak out, just say what comes to our mind. I used to tell my mom, Mom, you can't just say whatever comes to your mind. She goes, that's the problem, Ron. It doesn't get here, it only gets to here. (laughs) I'm like, wow. (laughs) Come on. Because he said if we can't bridle our tongue, we're deceived in our own heart, and our religion is in vain. It's in vain. What we do here is in vain if we can't bridle our tongue. If we can't hold back and refrain from saying what we think, what we want, then our religion is in vain. What we're doing here, it's no good. We gotta bridle our tongue, amen? You know, that's a strong rebuke for us. So be sure to bridle your tongue, amen? Now this week we're being told not to, put, not to be partial to certain people. Don't prefer one over another. You know, and and I kept reading it this week and it just kept ringing in my ears that it just kind of smells like greed when you're preferring the rich over the poor. That anytime you're giving preference over one group, than another, it's because you hope to get something. That your heart is hoping for something in return. And um, I I put my notes, you're looking for a payday. You know, not a candy bar either, so. And and we know that that today there's a lot going on with racism, with partiality in in our world. It's really strong, and um, racism is very hateful, and there's no room for it in the church. No room for it in the church. If we're going to profess that we're Christians and God's children, we need to ask God to deliver us from racism, amen? from showing that partiality towards one group of people. There's no love in it. There's no love in it. And God has called us to do what? Love, you guys got it, we can go home. (laughs) God's called us to love, so we need to get this down and start really loving people. Being men and women of God that love people. Remember, prejudice is a preconceived opinion of another person not based on reason or experience. Not based on reason or experience. Well, just, just think about when you, when you see a, a woman wearing a burqa and she's only, only see her eyes. What do you think? Oh, she's got a bomb under that dress. <laughs> I mean, right away, you, you label every, we, you know, we, we all have done it, we label them. Together, when you're on that plane and you see them get on the plane and you're like, and you're thinking, and your mind starts going, you know? You say, how, how do you know those things, Pastor? Because I've been there. I go to those countries. I mean, Delonda was, we were in Qatar one time, and Delonda was so nervous because of what a man said to her. And, and it was, you know, it's crazy. And so, but not everybody's the same, amen? So you can't hold people just, even when you don't know them, you can't hold them and be prejudiced against them, be racist against them, because you have a preconceived idea of what they're gonna do and who they are. Now, I mean, I got stuck in, where'd I get stuck? Abu Dhabi. I tell you, I go all over the world. I'm in Abu Dhabi one night. And um, we rented a hotel. And we went through customs like we thought we were supposed to do and went to go back in to go to the hotel. And they said, You can't go through. And I'm like, But I paid for a hotel already. And they're like, No, you can't go through. And, and this, this guy, you know, they, they wear the, um, it's like the, the leaders, they wear long white robes and they wear the white thing over their head with like a, a band around the white scarf. And, you know, they look very sharp. They're very well shaven and trimmed up, the leaders in the airport there. So I went and talked to this one guy, and that guy bent over backwards to help me. I mean, he got us into that hotel. He checked our bags hours early. He just took care of us, put us in the executive area until we could get into our hotel. He just blessed us, and he was a super nice guy. He says, oh, one day I want to go to America. I'm like, oh, man, it'd be great. You call me. you know. But he, he's you know, just way different than me, but he was very kind. See, that's why we got to break out of that mode of, of judging people just by their race, by their color, by, by rich or poor or whatever. We've got to get out of that, amen? We've got to break down our preconceived ideas of what we think of people and start loving people, amen? So when you're preferring others above others, it's not just done in rich or poor situations, but it can lead to being racist. And, and this kind of partiality, as I've said, leads us to be judgmental, and have evil thoughts, have evil thoughts. So, and James comes down on us. Number one, you can't see it, but it's up there. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So that's number one, but A under that is partiality, showing partiality. We shouldn't do that, amen? I mean, I'll always show partiality to my wife though. You know, I I don't have preconceived ideas about her. I love her. And when I'm in a meeting and and I see that my wife is calling me, I'll say, excuse me, I need to take this call. because it's my wife. I show my wife partiality, amen. But those those are different. When you have that preconceived idea about somebody, you know, like a rich man comes in and he's got the gold chain, or he's got lots of money, he's in, in the suit and everything. You say, oh, come sit right here with me, you know. He he probably doesn't have a nickel to his name, you know. (laughs) It's all invested. He can't give you anything, anyways, you know. So, but you know, when you read the Bible, who's the one that's remembered? Who's the one that's remembered? That lady. Remember that lady that gave two mites. She gave like two pennies. She came and, and she gave those two pennies, and she's written in the Bible. She's recorded in the Word of God, and we all know about that lady. Amen. We all know about that lady. I'm just gonna walk. Oh, Ed, sorry. Oh, there you are, okay, you got me. (laughs) But the the results of being partiality, it says we we become judges. And judging is not a good thing. And then he says, then you have evil thoughts. So when we show partiality, we have evil thoughts. And now we would all sit here and say, well, I don't have evil thoughts. But the word declares, James tells us, if you show partiality, you have evil thoughts already going on in your head. It's already developed. And and he he labels the whole thing evil. The whole thing evil. In the Spirit-Filled Life Bible that I have, it says, in one of the notes, it said, Those who fawn upon the rich, despising the poor, determine the true value of a person by worldly standards and and reveal evil thoughts such as covetousness and pride. I want to give a shout out to our food ministry today. They fed like 1,449 people this last month. Yeah, amen. They're awesome. And if you think of it, pray for our sister Gloria. Um, Her brother's in the hospital and he's just kinda, he's been through a lot of physical things and he's kinda lost his will to live, and he's got COVID, they want to put him on a respirator. He said, nah, I'm I'm done with this. So pray for Gloria and her brother. They need your prayer right now. You know, so covetousness and pride. You know, because when we're moving by worldly standards, that's what happens to us. You know, then I look into Luke chapter six, verse 37. It says, judge not, and you shall not be judged. How many of you like being judged? You like being judged? No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Because when, when we get judged, you know, but the judgment that we, I get from a kid right here, you know, she's judging, oh, this guy's crazy, you know, whatever, she's talking about me. Uh, I'm just teasing you right now, okay? Don't get all flaky. I'm not coming back, you know. <laughs> but when that happens, you know, the same judgment we use is going to come back to us you know, and that's what's, that's the, it changed messages on me. So the judgment, oh, and then verse 38 declares, with the measure you use, it's going to be measured back to you. So what's your measuring stick for judgment? You know, because we all have measuring sticks, you know, because give and it shall be given unto you, you know, and So there's always a measuring stick in our giving, what we do. So when I give judgment, that same standard that I'm judging people to is going to be the same standard that God's going to hold me to. Um, And I want my measuring stick to be based on how much I love people, not judge them, amen? That's what I want my measuring stick to be on. Oh man, maybe I can't carry this thing around. Back to another message, stuck. <laughs> go the old way, go get the pad and the paper, you know? Oh, there we go, back, here we go. All right, maybe I just won't move so much. So with what you measuring stick you use is coming back. That's how it's gonna come at you. You know, as James is talking about oppressing the poor, he talks about how dishonoring it is to be a part of that. So when, when people want to show that partiality and it's to you, don't receive it. Man, when I go to other countries, oh my gosh, some of the things they want to do drives me nuts. It does, because you know, if I'm going to walk into a meeting, they'd like me to walk in late, and they want a line of people to throw flowers on me. I got flowers in my ears and my hair. And then when I get to the stage, they've got selected people that have a um, a lay of flowers. I mean, I've had flowers. I'm not kidding. They start out with one. And I've had flowers go up and up and up and up. And I'm like, I can't breathe no more. It's cut it off. And I'm, I, I just, that kind of stuff just drives me nuts. It, it's, I just want to come in and preach. I don't want the, the hoopla that goes with it. So yeah, you know, I try to get them to, no, let's not do that. And you know, you know what's funny? Is I pay for it. Yeah. I have to give, I give them money to set up the meeting. So I know I bought all them flowers and, and everything. And I'm like, I don't want to buy flowers no more. <laughs> so he's chosen the poor. He's chosen the poor of this world, amen? Not the rich, he chose the poor to pour into. He says in Matthew 5, 3, he said, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs and they are promised the kingdom of heaven. They are promised the kingdom of heaven, the poor. So, and you could take that as poor in spirit, you could take it poor financially. God, see, when you're poor, you recognize your need for God, amen? You recognize, I need God. And so when you're poor in spirit, you recognize, I gotta have God. And he says, yours is the kingdom of heaven, amen? So that's where we're gonna go. Does it mean you can't have money? How many of you like having money? (laughs) Sure makes things easier sometimes, doesn't it? (laughs) Does it it mean that you can't have money to get to heaven? No. No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that you still are humble with what God has given you, amen? That when you're a giver, God will just bless your socks off. He'll continue to give to you. But beware of your own expectations you may have because of your financial position. I know, you know, there's there's times, like I said, I go into places, man, and they just, I have no expectation, man. The only expectation I ever have is I need a clean bottle of water. You know, because when I'm in Africa, I don't want I, I got to tell you, I went to Africa, Andy, and I brought them that filter system, you know. So we brought the sawyer filters. We took a, a hundred and something filters over there. We gave them to uh, pastors and people, members of the church. We used it, did it as an outreach. And so when I showed them how to assemble the filter system and everything, and we dumped the dirty water in there. I didn't drink what came out of the straw. (laughs) I had somebody else do it. Here, come here, brother, taste this water, you know? (laughs) I was just being extra cautious in Africa. (laughs) Well, you know, if you're rich, you need to remain humble about it, amen? And so, if you really want to fulfill the royal law, royal law according to scripture, love your neighbor as yourself. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? <laughs> Say that again. Who's your neighbor? The one next to you. Everybody. Everybody, you're my neighbor, you're my neighbor, you're my neighbor, you're my neighbor, you're my neighbor. neighbor. Everybody that you know, it's your neighbor. People you don't know is your neighbor. People you meet in the grocery store is your neighbor and he says to what? Love them, love them. How easy is that? It's easy. One person said it's easy, okay. I'm gonna talk to the rest of them, you know, so... (laughs) but the royal law, the royal law commanding us to love the king is the king of the laws. It's the top law. It's the one that Jesus said, you got to get this one. You know, he said, you love God. And then he said, you got to love your neighbor as yourself. It's the top of the laws. It's the head of everything. You could take away all the 10 commandments and the 10 commandments, the love will tell you, don't kill somebody. Love will tell you, don't covet your neighbor's wife. Love will tell you, You know, have no other gods before. When you have love, all this other stuff begins to disappear. That's why he said you can throw it all out. Because when you love, you don't want to do those things. When you love God and love your neighbor, I love God, therefore I don't want to offend God. I love my neighbor, I don't want to offend my neighbor. I don't want to hurt the people around me because I have love. Amen. So that's why, you know, we can be free from the law. Because it's natural that inside of us, if we're going to love God, love people, we're not going to do those things. It becomes our natural disposition in Christ, amen. And then, as we're letting Christ grow in us and we're weeding out those things that are still trying to linger on, we get rid of that stuff and then we start shining with the love of God. And it's amazing. Then, you know what? People might want to be around you. You know, quite what? People might want to be around you. Ed, give me some paper. There we go. It's because I wave my hands too much. So, (laughs) you're going to give it to me? (laughs) Thank you, buddy. Where am I at? Am I on that page? Okay. It is. (laughs) It is. You're all right, Ed. I don't care what Andy says about you. <laughs> now, now let's take a look at the Galatians for a minute. You know, Paul's talking about not letting people to put you in bondage to the law. He says in Galatians chapter five, 13 through 15, he says, so you've been called to live in freedom. How many of you are free today? You know you're free, I'm free, amen. We, he says, my brothers and sisters, he says, for you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use, oh, this is key right here. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. You know what sin is. It's defined in the word of God. Don't use your freedom in Christ to do your sin, that sinful things. You know, what does it say in Romans? He says, shall we continue to sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. So, and then he goes on, he says... Um, Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 15, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So the, the love covers, as I said earlier, everything. If we can learn to walk in love with one another, and and listen, that means we gotta let go of those preconceived ideas, because it's not love, it's sin. Amen, we've gotta learn to let go of those things. We can't be racist, because that's not love, it's sin. And so we gotta get rid of the racist thoughts, the racist junk. See, I say racist thoughts, because what you think is what you'll do, what you'll become. If you meditate on, oh, I hate that person, I hate those people, I hate those kind of people. You gotta get that out of your head. You gotta get that out of your thought life. And you gotta say, you gotta start professing. I love them people. I love them people. I love them people. You gotta start professing it. Because listen, you're never gonna win a Muslim to the Lord if you hate them. Pastor Emil, he, he told his church, he said, Pastor Ron loves the, the Muslims more than us. He has a heart to win them. We don't. You know, because in, you, know, you go to Egypt, you see the persecution. You know where Pastor Emil's church was, where so he grew up as a kid. They had the church there. So they built a church. So they built a mosque on one end, and a mosque on the other end, and a mosque behind it. You know, just to be so oppressive. And so when you come out of those oppressive situations, because you may have been married and you may have been in an oppressive relationship, and then when you you, you go out and if you get remarried again, if you don't deal with that hurt from that oppressive relationship, then you take it into your, your new relationship and you still carry on. Like you're being oppressed and you're being unloved. See, there, we gotta break this stuff off of us. We can't keep going in it. We can't continue to carry this stuff around with us. And act like we're Christians. We gotta get it off of us so I can really love effectively, amen. So that you can really just love people. And you can look past, you can look past the race, you can look past the, the riches, you can look past the poorness. You can just love people. That's what God is calling. So that's what James is saying. Come on, man, you gotta really love people. You gotta let go and let God and love people. Turn it all over to Jesus. Just ask yourself this, how do you like to be treated? How do you like to be treated? Because if you start looking at that, then you're gonna start treating people differently. Would you like seeing that oppressive spirit being used on people or that partiality used? I hate it, I get so upset about it. And the reason for all this is the scripture said, I show partiality, you commit sin. If you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Wow. You know, I, I, know, I know we don't want that kind of stuff hanging over our head. We don't want that. Um, our Christian character needs to reveal Christ. It has to, amen. Jesus is coming. And we need to win as many people as possible. How many of you believe Jesus is coming? How many of you believe we're in the last days? So I would ask you, what are you doing to win the lost? What are you doing to win people, to invite them to church, to get them them saved, to get them born again, that they're going to go? How are you doing? How are you acting? Because if we continue to be prejudiced, partialities to people, we're not going to win them to Jesus. We're not going to win people to the Lord because partiality means that you lift one up and you put somebody else down. We don't want to do that. We want to love. You want to say, I mean, if you're going to do it, say to the rich man, the poor man, hey, come sit with me. Or if you're just going to invite some rich man over to lunch before, invite them both now. Come on over. Or come let me buy you lunch. Or, you know, how we do it? Reach out to everybody. Amen. Don't be partial to people. Amen. Amen. That's our task, and God's called you to it, amen? God's called you to it. He's called you to love God, and He's called you to love people. And we've gotta reveal that to people. Stop looking at people and look to God to help you do it. Because you can only do it through God's help. Now, when Delon and I were young and married, I used to pray, I used to tell her, I said, I'm praying that God would help me to love you the way you need to be loved. And she'd say, i am not. Am I that hard to love? No, but I can't love people the way that God would have them to be loved on my own. I need God's help, I need God's love in me to be able to love the way that it's gonna be effective. Because on my own, man, we were gonna get a divorce. You know, when we were young, we just didn't get along. We'd walk into a room, we'd be there 20 minutes, and then we'd be in a fight. was when we were young, we were trying to do it without God. You know, we'd still come to church, but we weren't serving God, but when we, connected with God, then we both started growing in God and we started growing together. And, and that's, I, you know, the love of God in you. So start seeking God for the love so that you can be effective in loving people, amen? Yeah. He said, do not commit adultery. Also said, do not murder. Now, if you do commit adultery, but, or if you do not commit adultery and you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. Now the law of liberty references the standards of divine love. Everybody say love. which Which become the Christian's ultimate standard of conduct. Divine love is our ultimate standard of conduct that we love. Amen? That's the ultimate, that's the top. That's where we wanna be, walking in love. That's the ultimate standard. Mark 12, 31, it says, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. To love God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the bottom line. That's where we need to walk. Love is the key. Partiality is not loving. And it's declared sin by James, amen? and we should eliminate it from our lives. Eliminate it from our lives. He declares that by showing partiality, we're judging people. And that brings us to the last verse, verse 13 in James one. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. The, The word mercy is translated to have pity. Have pity on the poor. It's way better than judgment. Amen? And remember that your judgment depends on your life. Remember these things as you go out into the world. Let it just sink deep into your heart today. Don't let this evil creep into your life. Don't give in to the news wires that's talking about all the racial stuff right now. You just practice loving. I can't change the world, but I can change me. I can't direct how you, know, how you act, but you can. You can say, I'm gonna love. You can make that commitment. I'm gonna love people. I'm gonna not prefer others you know, above another person. The only people we're supposed to prefer is above ourselves. We're to give preference to people above ourselves, but I can't prefer, you know, um, Lorraine over um, Edwin here. You know, there's just no the the young the young man here in the suit looking so good. I can't prefer him over anybody else. You know, we just can't show that kind of preference in the church, amen, or anywhere else. We have to be filled with the love of God, and that the love of God flows through us, and that we're not judgmental about other people. Father, we just come before you today. We thank you, Father God, for your word in this challenge today. This challenge that James has laid out before us to not show partiality to people, especially between the rich and the poor, God, because of the we know that the poor, Lord, that you've done this for the poor so they can inherit the kingdom of heaven. I pray, Father God, that your love would just grow in each one of us today. That Lord, that we would walk, Lord, in that love like never before. That today, Lord, we take off any preconceived ideas that we have about other people groups. And Lord, we'd cast them down today. And Lord, that we would walk out in love. And Lord, that you'd begin to use us to share with those people groups. You'd begin to move through us, Father God, with the love to touch other people groups, God. That we may have had other preconceived ideas with. That Lord, that your heart would just touch each one of us, your heart. Lord, touch each one of us today, God. That we could let go, Father God, of those preconceived ideas and thoughts about other people. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I've had some preconceived thoughts and ideas about people. Even as you talk today, it just came to me. I want to let it go today. I want to just love people. Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for the love of God to fill you right now. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. I thank you for your honesty today. Praise God. I pray, Father God. Yeah that, Lord, that you break every chain that the enemies tried to put on us today in the name of Jesus. That, Lord, that those things would be broken off today and we'd be made free today in it, Father. That your mighty love would fill each one of us overflowing, God. And Lord, that we would begin to go after those people to love them into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, Father. We could love them into your kingdom. Father, I thank you today for that. Maybe you're here today, you see, you say you need to make a commitment to Jesus today. You need to give your life to Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm gonna pray with you today. You need to make a commitment to Jesus. Okay, praise God. I believe you're all walking with Jesus. Father, I pray that as we go our way today, we go in your love, that Lord, that we'd be filled with praise reports as we move. Out in your love, and again, Father, cover Sandy as she gets ready to embark on this new adventure. May the love of God carry her forward, Father, and you move through her in a powerful way. We give you praise and thanksgiving for today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Today.